0: Welcome to Outwit Outplay Out Playout Pod, the podcast where fire takes represent your life. I'm Isaac. I'm Kayla. And we're here to talk about Survivor Season 45, Episode 11 This Game Rips Your Heart Out. Kayla, the tribe has spoken, but we have not. What is your fire take from this week's episode?
1: There is no one in Survivor history who has read The Room, I would say, better than Austin he had sacrificed his vote for more episodes withheld his idols for more episodes especially when things get dodgy and he plays it right every time i think he's had like six instances of being in some kind of tricky position with withholding his vote or withholding his idol and he plays it right every time and no one even has a sniff of a clue like and I think this is going to be underestimated if he gets to the final three, and people are evaluating his game. But to me, this is the most impressive aspect of Austin.
0: Listeners, let's gavel in an edition of Mock Tribal. <laughs> if you don't already know, Mock oh, Tribal no. is when your typically agreeable host spitfire and spare no feelings as we disagree on a Survivor subject of some controversy. Oh, no. Kayla, I'll go ahead and inform you of what's on the docket. It's your fire take. Heaping praise on Austin in an episode where he is bamboozled by the idol he gave to someone else, something you never do in Survivor, and he lets his heart run his game when he opens up to D... The love of his life, apparently, as of this episode, about the plan that he has to blindside her number one ally, thus tipping Julie off and letting her play her idol. Kayla, did we watch this episode? (laughs)
1: Listen, I will say, I think Austin is having like the Noah Centineo, also uh, Zoe Kravitz and whoever her husband's name, what's his name, Channing Tatum. He is giving me himbo. Like, oh, I love sure. it. I love it. He's not a thought. He's somehow bumbling his way through in an immaculate direction. Like somehow Channing Tatum bumbled his way into a marriage to Zoe Kravitz. That's amazing. I love that. So, you know what? He's going to get my praise. Did he play this idol? Did he give up his idol inappropriately? Yes. But the fact that it's been able to kind of not harm him... It should also be noted.
0: My goodness. Well, I'm going to reserve my fire take for later in the episode because I think we've spent enough time just debating this one. I'm baffled. I'm truly baffled. Himbo, I think, is an appropriate term. So I think you, of course, corrected there at the end. But yeah, Austin has been playing this game great, but this was a fumble of historic proportions i think I I, most of our listeners might agree.
1: playing with his heart we're gonna get into this
0: we'll get into it there is a lot to unpack this week and coming up in the pod we're gonna break down this week's episode i think we're gonna gavel in another another edition of mock tribal <laughs> and we'll end with our favorite segment survivors on the move so kayla should we dive into the recap
1: yes yes <laughs>
0: All right, folks, off to a strong start. So after Tribal, everyone is hugging and celebrating Bruce's blindside. Emily comes clean about her successful scheme to make Bruce feel safe, and she's getting a whole lot of credit for the move. The Reba four have a nice little moment, having finally arrived at the promised land, a 4-3 majority among the remaining castaways. They say they're 100% committed to going to the final four. And two of the castaways start seeming to be especially close. It turns out that a showmance is afoot between Dee and Austin. And folks, this seems pretty serious. We get a flashback to Rob and Amber's relationship all the way back in season 8, which culminated in a live proposal at the Survivor reunion. The next morning, abrupt tone shift here, Katura shares a little bit more of her story with the audience. After she graduated from 5th grade, Katura's family had pulled her from school to join a religious cult. She had to work three or four jobs as a kid, missing years of school, and it wasn't until she turned 13 that her family left the cult, and it was at that point Katura says she realized that she was black, she was a woman, she was poor, and she was gay. But Katura says her story is one of resilience and overcoming obstacles, a winding path that led her to successfully earn her law degree and share in The Adventure of Survivor. Now, Kayla, everything that I've described probably happened in the first fifteen minutes of the episode, but I want to end the first part of the recap here because Showman's and Katura's story strike me as like very worthy of extended analysis. So, what were your thoughts here?
1: Okay, do we want to start heavy and go light, or start light and go heavy? I think, heavy? I, think I think you're onto
0: something. Let's let's go heavy heavy to light. I think let's start with Katura. I kind
1: of think heavy to light is correct. I think Mm -hmm. this goes back to what I was saying next week where I've never been more invested in these characters and these narratives. Like the casting, the producers, the way they're telling these stories I think is so thoughtful. Um, When Katora said that this is a story of resilience, part of me was like, yes, babe, because like it has to be. Like you, there's truly nothing else really to overcome. Like there's nothing the universe could throw at you that you have not already seen. Everything else is child's play, which I think allows you to ascend to such great heights now that you've um, re-entered the world and started sharing her story. That was just... I didn't see it coming. Also, I was actually shocked when she delved into the story of the cult and I think also makes last week make a lot more sense just editing-wise, why they weren't so forthcoming with why her and her mom were no contact we still don't really get into it in this snippet but I'm gonna go ahead and assume it's because
0: yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah Keturah had made sort of illusions but again it, it is until here that it hits us like a revelation the adversity that she's overcome I mean you know I've almost never heard it's like so uh I'm, I'm glad that Couture felt comfortable enough to share that with her, uh, a pivotal part of her life story. Um, but yeah, I, I think you sort of said it all there, Kayla. Um, moving to the showman's, and there's just no transition that makes this easy. Hard pivot. Uh, hard pivot. Very hard. Uh, you know, what's interesting to me about this is there's been, for a couple of episodes, we've gotten like very subtle breadcrumbs leading to this, but like, very subtle, very, very subtle. In this episode, it, it was almost like they found opportunities to talk about these subjects, about their sort of like relationship status off camera or something. And they made like a mutual decision that now is the time that we're just going to air it out in public because the relationship seems to have progressed several stages beyond what we've had <laughs> any opportunity to witness. Do you think that's fair, Kayla?
1: No, I think we knew.
0: I mean, I know we knew, but, like, boy, this still was, like, abrupt, surely.
1: You felt it was abrupt? Here's the thing. I felt even before they said anything, the fact that they were all at the fire pit, and then we see um, Drew be like okay, I'm gonna, like, head to bed soon. Like, tell me that wasn't a callback to college when you knew there were two people who were, like, very will they, won't they and were hanging out as a friend group and you're like, I'm just actually gonna peel off and leave them alone for a minute. I was like, is no one else seen her? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, under the starlight to gaze. You're, I'm getting sarcastic vibes. I don't think you like the I Isaac. What do you thoughts?
0: Oh, no, I love the showmans. I, oh, no, I, I'm thrilled. Like, <laughs> I, I think this is like this such is an player. amazing little gift. I think that the, like I'm shocked by how much this season turned around post-merge, honestly. And I feel like pretty much every episode has been better than the last since then. Um, I guess, you know, Caleb's saving himself was like a high, but this was another huge high for me. And like, it was just such a little unexpected gift. And like, I wouldn't just say the season absolutely needed it, but it's definitely a nice cherry on top. And What's cool is in this episode where it becomes clear to us that there is a showman's going on, it also becomes clear that it's going to have a lot of impacts on the game. I mean, we'll dive into it later, but Austin clearly is leading with his heart and not his head in how he's sort of opening up to D about the implications for his game. And I'm really curious to see that how that's going to play out for for the rest of this season.
1: Rob and Amber are still married. They just Googled it.
0: Yeah, the OG Survivor showmance. They are they are the ones, and she won, by the way. But it took Boston Rob like five or six times. Yeah, here's a hot take for the audience. Completely unrelated to this, Rob is a very overrated Survivor player. He won once, and it took him like six times on the show. Like, and you know, he should have just hung it up and retired after he found the love of his life on season eight, and she won the money, and he strategically got in there and married her, so they kind of both won. Anyway, my two (laughs) cents.
1: I don't think I've actually ever seen a season with Boston Rob on it. And if I do, I don't remember. Oh, you got to do it. You got to do
0: it. So part two of the recap here, a boat arrives at the beach to take one of the castaways on a journey. And after drawing rocks, Emily gets the opportunity. She's conscious of her growing threat level, but when confronted with the choice to risk her vote for immunity by solving a puzzle, she decides it's just not worth it. At camp, Drew is beginning to wonder if the Reba 4 is the right 4 for him, and he sees Julie in particular as a big threat at the end. There's a problem, however. Apparently, Mama J has never given Austin his idol back after he lent it to her ahead of a challenge. It would have to be a total blindside. Drew pitches voting Mama J to Jake and Katura. Katura pitches it to Austin, and Austin is torn, as we mentioned, because he knows the plan would likely require him to blindside his most cherished fellow castaway, D. Meanwhile, Mama J is hard at work pitching Emily's name. At the challenge, the castaways compete for immunity and DIY barbecue. After a rope-entangling, ball-throwing, word-puzzle-solving challenge, Drew comes out on top after Austin simply couldn't understand that the word had to be spelled correctly on both sides of the puzzle. He chooses Jake and Austin to join him on their reward. What'd you think of this part of the episode, Kayla?
1: I enjoyed all parts of this episode. Um, The first thing I will say is that did you see Carson's puzzle mock-up that he posted on X formerly Twitter? No, I didn't. It's very fun. He uses some program to create this puzzle three-dimensionally and also solve the puzzle. And it's about a minute and 30-second video. And this puzzle is so complex that multiple folks in the comments were like, actually, can you share this at half speed? I can't tell what's going on. (laughs) So the fact that you needed three minutes to recreate Alone. I don't know how much time is in that hourglass, but not nearly enough because the video itself was three minutes slowed down. So you would have to essentially already know how to attack this puzzle in order Wait, to so successfully complete it.
0: You're talking about the, the puzzle and the journey for that Emily refused? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep.
0: I'm surprised because they like play test these things. It seems like this one was just way too hard because we saw earlier this season three people, maybe four people fail to achieve it.
1: Yeah, that's what they said. And so Carson, who I believe to be the final word, word on all things puzzles, was like, she absolutely made the right choice not pursuing this puzzle because it's really freaking hard and she probably would have lost her vote, which wouldn't have ended up mattering, but...
0: Yeah, and, right. You know, and it's like, tough because obviously we know that she ends up going home this episode, but even with that, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, I just think this puzzle was too darn hard for it to be worth it. Um, so... Yeah, I was fine with her decision as well. Um, You know, I want to spend a little time talking. We already kind of touched on it with your fire take about Mama J having kept the idol that Austin gave her. Like, do you think that this is ethical? Do you think that it's within the spirit of the game? Do you think it's sort of like all is fair and love and war and survivor? What's your view?
1: I think she tested a boundary and it, showed up in her favor because I did think it was interesting that when Drew was like, do you want it? Like Drew said, do you want to do something crazy with your idol? Like he put the framing to her. Did she already not give it back? Yes. But everyone else kind of bought into the fact that this was now Julie's idol. It wasn't like this returns back to the group where you, the group could have immediately been like, okay, Julie, welcome back home, mama. Like, love you. Please return. the Yeah. Title.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, there was a way in which Austin and Drew described this phenomenon. Like, it was just like a feature of the landscape now in the game. And I feel like we didn't see that happen. We're just sort of being in- informed of it after the fact. Like, I don't understand why. Like, I and I don't understand why. Like, sort of, I, I sort of have a similar feeling about the showmance where I feel like, we got like a little clue that something was going on, but it was only, it, it, they sort of positioned it as a reveal after the fact. Was there ever a conversation with Austin and Mama Julie, where he was like, Hey, like, by the way, like any plans to give me the idol back that I lent you? Like, cause if that conversation occurred, it did. would be. So, yeah. That that's was so strange. He would just, but he would just like wait.
1: Yeah. The way it seemed, he was like, Oh yeah. I wanted to ask for it back, except that might've tipped her off that maybe this wasn't a strong alliance. So I think their alliance is particularly interesting because I do think it's particularly close. Like we have all these other alliances, but even the Tika three, Jam Jam was always kind of doing his own thing going rogue and Carolyn was always kind of doing his thing going rogue and Carson was the one holding them all together. But here I think everyone is seemed as committed to the Alliance up until this point. So I do think it would be weird at the point where you're actually friends with these people, like you're damn near dating one of them. to then ask her major ally for the idol back. Because also if I was D I'd be like, Oh, why'd you ask for my girl's idol back? Like, what are
0: you well, totally. And, and to that point, like drew man, we've seen a few times where drew is just so overtly suspicious and like, he just lacks subtlety you don't go up to mama jay when you're thinking about voting her and be like do you want to do something crazy with your idol like that's such an obvious tell that like you're trying to get her to like play her idol in a weird way so that you could so that she would become vulnerable to a potential vote so
1: i loved her response which was just no
0: (laughs) i know yeah and and mama jay kicks into a different gear when she learns of this threat to her but we're gonna dig into that in the next part of the recap coming up So last leg of the recap, the Dakawaka camp is rife with strategy and skullduggery. The ladies have an awkward spa session in the ocean, and the boys develop a plan to vote out Mama J. Jake is excited, saying he's sick of playing the tree in the proverbial school play and wants to take on a more central role. However, Austin's conscience is eating him up. He decides he has to tell Dee about the plan to oust Mama J, and truly seems to believe she'll keep that information to herself. He's wrong about that. Dee exposes the plan to Mama J and tells her she has to play her idol. Julie is pissed about this revelation. She makes some overtures to Emily and Jake about working together to get Austin, and while Austin is convinced otherwise, Drew suspects Dee spilled the beans to Julie. At Tribal, Drew makes a historical analogy to Napoleon, claiming that Bruce's ousting brought this game to a new page of history, and the producers go on in a sort of very unorthodox move to show us that Drew, Emily... Austin, Katura, Jake, and D all cast their votes for Mama J. We don't know, however, who Mama J writes down. Mama J, of course, ends up playing her idol. Her idol slash Austin's idol, D, pretends to be shocked, and with one vote that belonged to Julie, of course, Emily is sent home. Kayla, right off the bat, I, I, we just got her. To, why Emily? Why Emily? What do you think is the line? why Emily? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. I think Mama D thinks there's something to be salvaged in this four-person alliance. That's one theory I have. I think the second theory could be of the people who aren't in the original alliance, Jake and Katora have not proven to be aggressive game players. And so I think Mama Julie thinks she might be able to kind of like take the helm there where Emily would throw a wrench in her plans that said i'm not sure Emily was the right choice like what do you think
0: yeah i mean i think and, and they kind of showed julie's reaction she looked over towards austin after she played her idol obviously she knows he has one i think that she fully expected him to play his idol so i don't think she really can consi- and the problem is if she votes for austin and austin also plays his idol you're in a revote situation julie would no longer have control entirely of who's going to vote going to go home and so i thought she probably felt it was too risky and she was in all likelihood going to get the benefit of drawing out austin's idol i for one was shocked Mm. that austin did not play as idol if someone who you are gunning for you know (laughs) you wrote their name down plays an idol How do you not play your own? Like, that could have, that vote could have. That's why I have to give it to him.
1: Because, like, just the chutzpah to not play the idol is insane.
0: Yeah. Well, he now has an idol that he has to play next episode. It's going to be the last opportunity he has to play it. So he has safety for at least one more. Um, Here's what I'll say about the choice to go Emily. Obviously, couldn't go Drew. For the reasons we just discussed, I think she thought no reason to go Austin. She's not going to go D. She's just not like D is her number one ally. I think she should because I think D is a big threat to win the game, but she should have went D. That would have been cool. That would have been crazy if D is the one who tips her (laughs) off, but I don't think Mama J is capable of it. And then you're left with Keturah, Jake and Emily. And I do believe among those three, Emily is perceived as the biggest threat to win the game. I don't think that at this stage, especially coming off of the whole Bruce thing, like, Me personally, I'm not giving Emily as much credit as everyone else seems to be for her little Bruce shenanigans. I just thought like, wow, you like voted out the player least likely to win the game. Like, congratulations, here's a medal. I just never have really bought into that. But everyone else seems to be giving her a lot of props. So I kind of actually have come around to thinking that Julie gave the Julie sort of did the best thing that it was in her power to do, with the exception of voting D, which we all sort of knew was not going to happen.
1: I have to take it back. I don't want her to vote D because I'm remembering how I was feeling when, um, who were the two boys that were friends? Um, the person who was the researcher, the political science researcher, and then like the salesmen, what were their names?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Jesse and, um, Cody. yes, Jesse and Cody.
1: Yes. I will say when, uh, Jesse voted Cody out, it didn't feel good. I thought it was going to feel good and it didn't feel good to see. Yeah. Two bestie girls turning on each other, and so I actually don't think I would have enjoyed that from Julie. Yeah, I hear. So I take it back. Yeah.
0: Well, I will say, Mama Julie, I'm sort of okay with her move. The move I'm less okay with is Emily. I think that I think pretty much everyone, at least, had suspicions beside Austin, who's blinded by love, that this plan may leak to Julie. And a lot of people know that Julie has an idol. If you're Emily, Katura, or Jake, I think you've got to be a little bit worried that this could blow back on you. And they end up voting, they cast so many, they cast six votes, six votes for her. Like, I don't understand why in this situation you wouldn't split the vote. So if Mama Julie pulls out an idol, which seems very likely to be the case, someone at like the person of your choice is going home. Um, I will say that I think that Reba... Exclusive of Mama Julie, would probably have decided that Emily was their backup. So, in some ways, I do think a lot of people got at least their second best option for eliminating from the game from this tribal. So, it didn't hurt. Like, again, this was very satisfying. It was a cool move. It's always great to see idols play to tribal council, but I don't think Mama Julie played it to the most dramatic effect possible. It would have been really cool if she had chosen this moment to turn against her alliance because. From this point forward, cats out of the bag. Like, I think Reba's got to eat each other alive now. We'll see.
1: I don't know. I still kind of think she should have voted Austin. Because I really don't think that they knew. Like, I think she should have voted Austin now. (laughs) Um, And I think the reason she didn't perhaps is not because he might have played the idol. But because then she would have to answer to D, who would have been like, I told you about this plan and then you went and voted out my man my man my man like and now it's yeah. awkward because now it's right and drew <laughs>
0: i know that's a that's a good I, point like i
1: think we forget that you have to like be on this island with people for 24 hours so like yeah. yes you're playing this game but also you saw how the women's like luncheon went they were talking about where their little buffs were made like <laughs> Reading the
0: labels of their buffs, (laughs) it was like the worst small talk I've ever seen.
1: It was terrible. I was like, No one picked out a would you rather, like, there was no other. Has every other other topic been exhausted? Like, I couldn't even watch that scene, it was so painful.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really hope that we've got some big moves in store from Katura and Jake because it would be amazing if they were able to somehow turn the tables but i'm a little bit worried that like reba is just gonna mend fences after this and like agree that the easiest thing is for the four of them to go to the end i hope i'm wrong i hope Do I'm
1: you wrong. actually think that they're gonna mend fences
0: <sighs> um if i were to put money on it i would say that I would say that they're not going to make men fences, I guess. I, but I, I don't know. I, I think if anyone's capable of the sort of grace and forgiveness to make that possible, it would be Mama Julie. But I don't know. I like the version of Mama Julie that gets a little crazy in her eyes. Like, she went into a mode this episode. A little
1: like, twinkle in those baby blues.
0: Yeah. She was like, I'm going to blow it all up. And I have to give some props to D. Like, you know, Julie, did Julie make a good move this episode? Here's my only thing. Like, how much credit should we give Mama Julie here? Because- an idol was handed to her which like props you made a relationship where someone felt like it was a reasonable thing to do to give you their idol but you didn't find the idol someone told you that they were gunning for you and then you cast a vote for someone who's probably like the third biggest threat in the game and they went home so like i still think she deserves credit but i'm not like anyway i bring all that up because i think d deserves a lot of credit like Dee is the one who really was the puppeteer in this situation. And I'm really curious to see how she'll characterize this vote to the jury because I think Dee and Julie deserve at least equal credit on the move that occurred in this tribal council.
1: I'll give them equal credit. I think Drew is going to be the one who potentially goes and rallies. Um, I think he's going to try and rally Katura and Jake because I think that's going to piss him off. And also we saw that in the in the next yeah. up kind of things. But also I don't think Jake or Katura want to work with Drew. So I see a world where like he's next because he tries to work with them. And then Austin, Dee, and Julie swing it around and put it back on Drew. Okay. That's my yeah. prediction.
0: I like it. I like it. Uh, all right, Kayla. You asked here on our little outline: How early is too early to start making fire? Do you think that the castaways should be in practice mode already?
1: I I just think this is something like idol hunting where they've gone about it different ways. It's like how early do you start, and are we all going to have a conversation that now we're going to like have group idol hunting? Like it's always something in the beginning, and I do think if I saw someone who hadn't been making fire start to make fire. I would start thinking, is there an alliance to the end that I don't know about? Like, I'm not in an alliance with this person. And then I would start doing the numbers. So I'm just wondering, who is the first to be like, hey, guys, it's getting it's getting a little late. We should start learning how to make the split or like make the yeah. turn into fire. What do you I'm, think? I'm
0: interested, in, I'm interested in that too. And I, and I sometimes wonder if it starts even earlier than this point. Like, do people self-nominate as the fire maker of a tribe because they just want to get in the reps and like be participating in that activity for the duration of the game i I think that's a reasonable thing to do you have a lot of free time to fill so even though the odds may seem slim early in the game of you going the distance i think it's worth using unstructured time on the island to build the skill set that you know has a tangible impact on how you're going to do um so we'll see i think it very likely, like it will we know obviously that in this new era it always comes down to a fire making challenge to get from four to three, which folks like keep an eye on that calendar. As a consequence of that, we only have two episodes left in this season. So things are like, (gasps) I'm really excited about how things are accelerating heading into this final stretch of season 45.
1: Can I tell you something really sad? I would definitely be out on making fire because that big machete scares me so bad. And every time I watch, I get a little scared like just sitting from my couch because what if I took my finger off playing survivor and now I like that's the consequences of my action so I actually don't think I'd practice any fire and if they had me at three four I'd be like wow you all got me
0: (laughs) yeah yeah you're not exactly strengthening your survivor application here although I would say I would say that I think you'd probably surprise yourself out there we get a lot of stories of folks who are like the folks who seem most out of their element, well, they either quit or they somehow find a way to thrive on the island. I guess we have seen a couple of quits of people in a situation similar to that you described. So. Um, but Kayla, before we start uh, wrapping up this week, some fun and games. we got some fun games in the docket.
1: There are some fun and games. So as you can tell, i spent a lot of time on Elon Musk's bad website this week. Um, but there's a survivor account that put out a poll And we're just going to answer a couple of the polls. Okay. Great. great. So poll time round one, poll one of three at this point, we all know Emily is gone now, but for this point, seven castaways remained on the Island vying for the title of soul survivor. Who are you hoping takes the win and the million? And it's a head to head competition. So the first round is D versus Julie. Isaac, what's your answer? and what do you think uh, the d- people said
0: D versus Julie um i think people that's a close one i would hope d i think that people would hope julie
1: okay 72% said d and julie came in at a very modest 27% wow
0: interesting landslide okay surprising
1: landslide um okay let me find the rest of these. Wow, well, this account actually does a lot of polls. Here we go. Poll two of three. Katora versus Jake.
0: Uh, I'm going to say people are going to go Kotura on this one. And I, I would go Katora as well.
1: This one was closer, but it's a 40-60 split. Kotura jake So the people want Jake. What? Which I think should, is illegal. <laughs>
0: Criminal. That's a criminal take. Survivor fans. Criminal
1: take. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow.
1: And then the last one are poor Emily versus Drew. Uh,
0: okay, I would be rooting for Emily in that equation. I think the people would go Emily pretty heavily as well.
1: How heavy is heavy?
0: Um, like 80-20. 92-7. <laughs> yeah see
1: I'm
0: <laughs> yeah drew did I not make a great impression I early release. on but I, I think that speaks to emily's arc also like she's won a lot of people over from having started pretty low on people's totem polls i've got to imagine all right folks well now it's time for our favorite segment survivors on the move kayla whose stock is rising for you this week
1: I got to give it to Katora and Jake because one of them is going to be sitting in number three and I'm not saying that they're going to win, but they've made something shake for themselves when they were basically about to get eaten off one by one. And I'm going to applaud them for that.
0: Okay. Fair enough. I, 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 don't know. I, I, I hope you're right. I hope they find a way to pull, pull together some numbers, final six and on uh, up for me is Mama J. You got to state it. I think that in the jury's eyes, she went from a ride along to a real player and she has an opportunity to win this game that I think she probably lacked before. What about whose stock is down for you this week, Kayla?
1: Austin indeed, because they let the showmans out and that always means you're next nice on the show. Do,
0: do you think that um, the fellow castaways are as keyed into this as the audience or do you think they've kept it under wraps with their tribe mates?
1: I think they all know. I just can't imagine. You're spending so much time on this island. You have nothing to do. I said, like, do you know how much time I would spend watching their showmance? Like, this would be my reality television if I was stuck Trail. on the island with them. Like, if I was Katora, I'm pulling aside Jake every time. And I'm like, do you see their little feet touching? Jake would be sick of me. Like, I'd have to find a little buddy to... Yeah. Do my observations
0: yeah. with. Yeah. All right. Well, down for me this week is actually Drew. I think Drew has had a few opportunities now to make big moves and he's just fumbled. Like, think about this episode, like clear from your mind for a second. He's in the Reba 4, right? He doesn't need to work with any members of the Reba 4 to get a majority to oust Julie. And if he doesn't have the sort of social skills to understand that Austin and D are so close that telling Austin is clearly going to be a liability, he should. He should. He could have pulled off a huge move, completely left his tribe mates in the dark and pulled in Emily, who he has a great alliance with, Katura and Jake, who basically have nowhere else to turn. So that option wasn't even really explored and I'm not sure why. I think that Drew lacked a little bit of judgment in this situation. Poor guy. Um, All right, folks. Well, a quick points update on the ongoing season-long competition between Kayla and myself. Folks, bad news. Kayla continues to pull away here. She now has herself a grand total of 10 points. She correctly predicted that Emily would go home in this exact slot. Um, So well done to Kayla. I am playing a little bit of a catch up here. I have six points myself, so I'm going to need to make some big things happen in order to catch up here Um, for folks following along at home. uh, Next episode, Kayla had predicted that Julie mama J would be going home and I have Austin I think that it'll be fun to watch this episode, um, from the perspective of maybe one of those two folks going, because I think there is a very reasonable possibility that it will in fact occur. Well, folks, I thought overall, and Kayla, I want to check in on you on this. This was my favorite episode of the season. It was so dense with drama and information and backstory and revelations about relationships. Um, what do you think? Was, was this among your favorites? This
1: was a fabulous episode. You're right. I don't yeah. need to say anything more. It had everything a viewer could want.
0: It's great. And it, I think, promises for a thrilling conclusion to season 45. But folks, that is going to be all from us this week. If you want to share your fire takes, shoot us an email at at waitoutplayoutpod at gmail.com. We'd love to read those on the podcast. And if you're enjoying our show, spread the word. Tell a friend about us and rate us on your favorite podcasting app. We really appreciate it. We'll be back next Friday to talk about the next episode of Survivor Season 45, the penultimate episode, in fact. But until then, the tribe has spoken, and so have we.